Hi there, Scott Hamilton, back with another podcast review for you of the 1972 Russian film Solaris. I heard a collective. A what? (laughs) This movie was remade in 2002 by Steven Soderbergh and James Cameron. And I'm a little frustrated, a movie collector that I am, that Fox has not released a Blu-ray or 4K version of the remake of Solaris. It got good critical reviews. It was well acted and well made. It was lovingly made, actually. And it's about an hour shorter than the Russian version. And it was pretty darn good. And it's available on streaming services. You can get it in high def, but you can't get it in 4K. But there is no hard copy. They did release it on DVD back in the day, but it's never made it to Blu-ray and never made it to 4K. So... I don't know why this movie was on my mind yesterday, but it was, and I have the Criterion collection of the original Russian version, so why not watch that? And this is a movie that I have not watched in years. It's a movie I do like and respect quite a bit. I had the old Criterion Collection DVD version of it, which looked fantastic at the time. I remember letting my stepfather borrow the movie, and he's like, boy, that was Glacier to get through. It's, it's a very slow-moving, two-hour and 46-minute Russian-language science fiction film that was made for about a million dollars. Well, now about $800,000 at the time, I guess. A rubles. It's Russian. Um, anyway... It's based on a novel from the early 60s by Stanislaus Lem that I've never read. And I really want to read the book because I'd really like to get to the basic story of this because now that I've seen the two theatrical versions, it's an interesting story. I will try and stay mostly spoiler-free because a lot of people haven't seen either version of this story, either movie. The gist of the movie... It centers on a space station where there is a skeleton crew investigating an alien planet. It's basically a water world. And strange things have happened to them, so we send a psychologist out there to investigate, and he pretty much encounters the same things. But this is a movie, it was made by um, Andrei Tarkovsky, who's made a lot of classic movies. If you haven't seen movies like Stalker yet... Wow, that movie really transcends genre and becomes a whole different thing, but it is kind of a science fiction movie, and this is another one of his science fiction movies. His idea was to bring some new emotional depth to science fiction films because in 1972 he felt that most Western works were shallow due to their focus on technological invention. So Solaris, even though it's about a a psychologist going to travel to a space station on a planet, you don't see any of the space travel. Uh, You do see the space station. But, I mean, they they don't, like most science fiction movies, they stay away from the ship lifting off, the landing, the, you know, they stay away from all the science fiction-y stuff just to focus on the characters. It takes them over 40 minutes to just to leave Earth. He goes to visit his his father and has some philosophical conversations with his father and a guy who was on the space station years earlier. And I didn't remember this taking so long to get to the space station, but literally it's 40 to 45 minutes of the movie. It's just them having a conversation and remembering what happened and listening to a press conference that happened back then when he came back. And it, it, it does take quite a long time to get to the Solaris station. And once they get there, things move a little bit quicker. But the movie has this this ebb and flow, this speed up, slow down kind of thing that it does. And I guess that's the part of the art of Tarkovsky. But it, this was not normally, I mean, because I like the subject matter and I like the story is why I watched it in the first place and why I still watch it. But 
had somebody just said, I've got this nearly three-hour Russian movie and it's really slow, you want to watch it, I'd be more usually like, no, no, I, I really don't. Um, but this has weathered time. It is a classic. It is not for everybody. But I would recommend the 2002 version if you have an interest in the story. So when he gets to the space station, and like I said, this is all in the beginning of the movie. Well, in, in the Russian version, it takes 45 minutes to get there. But psychological things are happening to the scientists who have been investigating the planet, and it's probably because they have been messing with the planet. And they don't, especially the Tarkovsky version, does not get too much into explanations. He shows you things, and things happen, but it's not like our movies where they sit there and they talk about them for another 20 minutes after that happens. They don't. He just presents you with things, and you figure it out from there. And I like that most of the time. And I like it in Solaris. And now that I've watched this movie three, four, five times, now I get more out of it each time because I catch things that I didn't see before. And this was probably my favorite time watching it because I knew what I was getting into and I expected a long experience. And I really enjoyed it because I usually, on a weeknight, you know, I know with the, the virus and everything, it seems like vacation, but weeknights, I try not to get into the two and a half, three hour long movies. I save those for the weekends because, well, I'm, I'm you know, I like to get a good night's sleep. What can I say? Um, and sometimes I start later than I should. But this, this, I started early and went, you know what? I'm in the mood for it. I haven't, and I've never watched this Blu-ray edition. Like I said, for years, I had the Criterion Collection DVD. And for those that aren't into the Criterion Collection, Criterion is a boutique label that gets the license on movies that it feels are worthy of inclusion in their collection. And they're usually some of the best films ever made. Um, their movies date back all the way to silent films, black and white films, uh, Criterion. They've even released some big budget movies. It was a big deal in the DVD world back in the day when they got uh, Armageddon. Yes, the Disney movie, the, the Michael Bay movie, Criterion Collection actually got the DVD version of that film. And they have gotten a first... I guess, first run new release movies. They just entered into a deal, Criterion did, with Netflix. So A Marriage Story and some of those recent award-winning films from Netflix are going to be on Criterion. And the Criterion Collection disc, they just go to great lengths to preserve the films. They get the original film elements. They scan them at the highest resolution possible. They archive them. They save them. They would rather give you the original mono soundtrack than give you some tricked-out new 5.1 surround sound Dolby Atmos mix because they want to preserve the movies as they were. So sometimes while the transfers are beautiful, sometimes they're very flat-looking compared to something that's blown out and trying to be a, a bestseller of an American popcorn flick, if you will. So I've always collected Criterion collections, but I don't use them as a barometer for liking all of the movies because they do pick some pretty obscure movies. They do pick some hard-to-understand, hard-to-watch movies. And I will agree that just about every movie in their collection is worthy of inclusion just because they're important films, but not every important film is something I'm going to put in my collection, if that makes any sense, because I re-watch Solaris, but as much as I love Schindler's List, it's not a movie I pull out and watch yearly, you know. Not that Criterion got Schindler's List. That'd be great, though. So anyway, long story short, I had upgraded uh, during a sale twice a year. Criterion Collection has a sale. Their discs are pretty expensive, too. And they've got great extras and booklets. And, and Criterion Collection, if you're a movie collector, you want to... If your favorite movie comes out in a Criterion Collection, get that version. It's more expensive, but it's worth it because you just get the best version of the movie, the best version of the soundtrack, the best extras, etc. 
So this has been in the Criterion collection for some time. Uh, like I said, it was a DVD. Now it's a Blu-ray. I would love for Criterion to get into the whole 4K thing, but it's smaller for the boutique labels to do that, even though they have the masters because of the, well, it costs more. <laughs> it costs more for the discs, costs more for the manufacturing. And like I said, Criterion Collection movies already cost more than your average Blu-ray. When a new release movie comes out, it's about 20 bucks on Blu-ray. Criterion will be about 30 then you will find them on sale, and twice a year they do a half-price sale, and it's half-price off the list, so it's still not great. But um, both Barnes & Noble and Criterion Collection themselves do this sale twice a year. Look out for it. Summertime, about July and November, right before, right around Black Friday, Christmas. Anyway, getting off topic here, Solaris has won many awards over the years. This 1972 Russian film is considered to be one of the greatest science fiction movies in the history of cinema. But like I said, it's not for everyone. It, there's almost no action. It, it's a lot of talking. Some things happen, but it's not like there's laser battles, things blowing up. Uh, we meet aliens and have long conversations with them, anything like that. It's mostly psychological. There's some great acting in the movie, but it's long camera shots and it's it's figuring some things out for yourself. And that's I like that. Just not all the time. Sometimes I just want to put on a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie and have fun. But I was in the mood for something serious and something a little, uh, you know, deep. And Solaris is layered. It's a movie that's about a lot of different things, about humanity, about, uh, well, need to watch the movie. The things that happen to the guys, at first you're going to be like, what's going on? Then you realize that most of it's in their head. Maybe this thing's screwing with them. Then it does things for a reason. Um, the planet has an interesting relationship with the scientists that are studying it. It's interesting. You got to check out Solaris. And like I said, if you don't feel like watching the nearly three-hour Russian language version... It's one of the few times in all of movie history I can say, you know what? The remake is not bad. It gets most of the ideas right. They made it very lovingly. It's different. There are some differences. And like I said, I haven't read the original novel, so I have no idea how close it is. But supposedly it's close to the original novel. And it's very close to this version too, but it's 90 minutes. And it's much more digestible. And it's much prettier. They spent a lot of money on it. Well, at the time... Back in 2002, I think they spent about $40 million on it, which by today's standards is nothing for a sci-fi movie. But Steven Soderbergh is known for making low-budget movies look grand. Um, the movie only made back about 30. That's why it probably hasn't got too much of a home video release and why you can rent it and buy it on streaming only right now. Anyway, Solaris, if you're into science fiction movies, it's thought-provoking, it's interesting. I would like to hear your thoughts on it. I have a whole lot of podcasts to come because... I've been watching things and just no time to review them and no silence, if that makes any sense. The neighborhood has been much busier during the virus situation and I just don't get the periods, uh, the long periods of quiet where I can record this without having to do editing and, and cut things out of the background and things like that. So, yay. A lot of movie reviews coming. And for those who are interested in it, um, Florida medical marijuana updates. Yeah, I... We'll talk more about that in the next podcast. Check it out. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Please subscribe to the podcast. Check out the Patreon page because I just came up with some great ideas for some things that I want to do there. And while we're in this virus situation, might as well do some live Q&As and things like that too. So definitely check out the Patreon page. Go. The link is below. I'm Scott Hamilton. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe. Stay safe.